0: are going to be doing another one of our Antioch conversations today. Have you guys been loving this series? Man, I really have too. I really have too. So to kind of recap before we get started with these beautiful people, look at this guys. This is a gorgeous panel. Awesome. So excited. And Jesse. Jesse's up there too. Oh, just kidding. Sorry. Um, That was mean. I apologize. It's family. Uh, So our first week, to recap, we talked about worship. That was Pastor Jade and Jonathan. And we talked about all the different parts of our service and the things we do and how each part of what we do uh, is shaping us and forming us, each part of worship. Uh, The second week, if you guys remember, we talked about missions. And uh, Tanya was up here and Pastor Jade and Christy. And we had the Dilchers up here. So we... we, uh, expanded a little bit we had a couple different panels and it was excellent talking about the missions culture here at Antioch our third week we talked about community and it was like it was like a board up here of like everyone pastor Dan pastor David Jonathan pastor Jade and Mike were up here and it was phenomenal and now we've added one more person every week we're like expanding how many people are are on these things next week actually we're gonna do like a family feud style thing it's just gonna be it's gonna be a lot of people so uh, this week we are talking. We're just we're celebrating. This week is all about celebrating who Antioch is, who we are as a people. You guys excited? Yeah. All right, all right. Hey, let's. Um, we're gonna go through and just introduce our wonderful panel. So why don't you guys go through, tell me your name, uh, how long you've been at Antioch, and any areas that you've been involved in the church. Sarah, why don't we start with you? Kneerum.
1: I am Sarah Kinnerim. Um We've been at Antioch since the beginning of 2012. Um, yeah. And we ha- I've been involved in nursery, um, worship, the music ministry, and life group. We're leaders for a life group. So.
0: Cool.
2: Yes. Appreciate that. <laughs>
1: My name is Chris
2: Lockett. uh, We've been here for three and a half years, actually. Um, And I'm involved in Nexus on Fridays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men's Prayer on Wednesday mornings. Yep, yep, yep. And obviously now panel discussions. So, yeah.
3: Hi, I'm Sarah Wagle. Um, and we have been here for seven years. Awesome. A long time. Um, in the course of that I've done everything from nursery, life group leaders, women's ministry, missions. So part of the family. I love it. That is awesome. All right. All right.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, Dixon. Can you hear me
4: out there? Can't hear me? Oh, it's yeah, on.
0: It's on. It's on.
4: All right. One, two, one, two. We'll work it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. My name is Bernard Dickerson. Uh, me and my family, we've been here right at three years. We got born here uh, when Antioch became Antioch, <laughs> so which is a good thing. We serve in a couple capacity, uh, such as life group leaders, uh, uh, security, teardown, set up, all those good things. So
5: check, check. Nice. All right. My name is Jesse Mutzabaugh. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I have been here since 2007, I think, and I've been involved in pretty much everything from uh, Generation Church, Nexus, worship, pretty much all of those years, uh, missions, uh, Sarah and I helped lead a rebranding for the Antioch, so all of the logos and everything. She did it. I was there to observe. I didn't really... <laughs>
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Well, hey, why don't we get started? And I just want to hear, to start out with, what are some things that you love about Antioch? Shoot, I met my wife here. Yeah! Yeah.
5: I love that about Antioch. All right, next question. Yeah, before uh, b- before um, we were at Antioch, we had never met. And I guess we were like two hummingbirds who had also never met. But, um... No, yeah, so I met my wife here. Um, friendship blossomed into true love. Uh, everybody go, aw. Aww. Um, no, I, but to bring it to kind of what this house is about, in um, the first week, we talked about worship. And I'm going to read you guys, your guys' mail here. If, if you guys have been here for any number of days, um, or if, you're, if you, you, you call yourself a member, somebody asks you, hey, what kind of church is that? What kind of church is Antioch? Your first word is, well, pretty pretty much all the time. Because, I mean, this is a very unique house. Um, But coming out of our first worship panel, I kind of, in my head, coined it, we're omnidenominational. Um, And what I mean by that is a lot of churches and a lot of houses really focus on one aspect of the kingdom, be it the prophetic and apostolic, or be that um, liturgical worship. Um, there's a lot of, there's many different aspects of the kingdom and di- many different things that we can focus on. But something I absolutely love and adore about Antioch is we really focus holistically on what the kingdom is. Obviously, um, in, in the Lord's Prayer message, we talked about the kingdom for nine months and what that means. So I love that we are an omni-denominational church, not a non denominational but omni-denominational
0: that's cool. Awesome. Anyone else? What do you love about Antioch? Bernard, how about you, man?
4: You know, I, one of the things I love about Antioch is the, the relational uh, aspect in terms of uh, who we are as sons and daughters and as a family. We're bigger than just a community of believers, but yeah. truly there is a family feel here, and uh, you can feel that when you walk in here. Uh, I, re- I recall when I got here, uh, there was a young lady in the back, Miss Miss Ethel. She's not young physically, but she was young to me. And she just opened up her arms wide and loved us. And uh, and another person who was uh, who's not here at the moment, but uh, Miss Tommy Firmite. And she would come over and hug my kids and just love on us and just poured into them and pour into us. And it just, that welcoming feel. And then, you know, I just got fell right into it. <laughs> so, but definitely family.
0: I love, it.
3: I love it. I don't know. Is this mine? Oh, it is on. Okay. Nice. Um, for me, when, when we first moved here, both me and my husband have been through a lot of different types of churches. I grew up um, Episcopalian. Um, we had been through like Southern Baptist and missional and YWAM. And, um, and so we had kind of developed what, who Christ was in our lives. Um, individually kind of apart from the church and we kind of always went to church sort of as a like okay we need to go to church it's not 100 percent us but okay we're here we're we're obedient like <laughs> we're here and um when we first moved here and someone had recommended the church and we came it was oh my gosh, we are actually at a church where the Holy Spirit is here, the Word is here, the wow. prophetic is here, everything that we had come to learn on our own. Um, and, and we can honestly be, we we're proud to come here, which, and it's like awesome. 100%, like, this is us. And I told Pastor Jade this one time, but um, other people are like, why don't you go to the churches? And we're like, we bleed Antioch. There's no way, you know, oh, I so. I love
0: that. <laughs> yes. I love that, that's so cool. Have, so, so far, has any any of these stories resonated with you is is this like that's my story anyone in here by show of hands yeah. several hands are popping up like this so <laughs> i will tell you it was roughly 100 percent okay so yeah awesome awesome chris you want to go next man what do you love about antioch
2: well, I didn't meet my wife
0: here, but I came here with my wife,
2: so it's got to count for something, yeah, right? That's right? Yeah. strong. Okay. That's strong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So I came with my wife. Um, anyway, so what I what I really love about Antioch is, uh, of course, you have the word, you have the worship, you have the beautiful people out there, and everything. But what I, you know, that's where you guys are supposed to be, like, yeah, yeah, you know. Unless you're not beautiful, then I mean, that's another thing. But. But we have also, you know, it's uh, what I like about it is the purposeful intent, you know, that uh, the pastors, the staff, the culture of this place is—it's not like I just want to get to know you, you know, as a member, but it's, I want to get to know you as as who you are personally, you know. And so, and that's something that just really, really a lot of times just just I think about from time to time, you know. And it's uh, and you have a staff here that God's put a culture in this place where you know they don't encourage they don't it's not encouraged to, to be a bystander or be a bench warmer, you know, they want you to get involved and they want you to serve Christ, serve the body and, and grow through serving, you know? And, and I think for me, you know, it just feels like, you know, Antioch wants you to be the best that you can be in a communal relationship, um, you know, horizontally and vertically, you know? So that's kind of what I love about Antioch.
0: I love it. I love
1: it. I could totally dig that. I agree. That's like, <laughs> yeah, I totally, that resounds. And... Um... I feel like it's easy to see in Antioch that there is a culture of excellence. And I think part of that has to do with the way our staff were trained at Oral Roberts University, which is all about excellence, which is great, but it totally bleeds out into this congregation. But I think behind that in our church is this huge importance for significance. Significance in us as individuals and our callings and seeing that come out, you know, awaken, equip, send. Significance in the things we do in our worship, in the teaching of the word and things like that. But um, For Seth and I, when we came in the door, um, we had visited a lot of churches. We sat down and we just knew that this was our church. And I think something that we love is just knowing that this is our family. This is our church. This is where God has called us to be. Um, And having that, just knowing that this is where the Lord has us, um, it's easy to uh, call everyone family. It's easy to um, just receive and be here in confidence and bleed Antioch knowing this is, these are our people. This is our place
5: you know another thing um they they sent us a list of questions and they were saying like if you can describe antioch in three words what would it be um which any if you know anything about antioch we love words and we're good with that and we spent five weeks on the word hour in the lord's prayer just the word hour not even father
0: yet that was week six we're gonna wait for father yeah put that on hold yeah
5: Um, So I was going to cheat and do Awaken Equip Send, um, but really the three words that came to my mind was a multicultural equipping family. Um, And something I love about it is this is not one, I don't see one shade of skin here, I don't see one age group, I don't see one um, ethnic background, I don't see one culture group here. It is all of the above. And even going beyond that, um, I know there's how can I say this, that what we equip them to, and we have positions of leadership and a voice from the stage. So it's not like we're just praying, Lord, make us a multicultural church, but it's like, Hey, let's, let's have all different shades of skin, all different backgrounds, all different ages. Let's give them a platform and an opportunity to speak because everybody has leadership. Everybody has authority. And it's not like, this is not a colorblind church. We recognize that every background has something unique to offer, and there is um, an aspect of God that only this specific yeah. background and upbringing can provide that others can't, um, that's and that's awesome. I love that that we are such a multicultural yep.
0: equipping family. Yeah, I love it. That's so good. Amen. Amen. Hey, that, that question Jesse referenced, let's open that up to the rest of the group. How, how would you describe Antioch in three words? And it doesn't have to be a sentence, as Jesse's was. And you can't use awaken, equip, send. And you can't use kingdom, and you can't use Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. You can use any of those.
4: You know, the three, he already explained it. The three words that came to mind was, you know, multicultural, Multi-dimensional in terms mm. of ministries and gifts and callings, and uh, multi-generational. Uh, we got some real, real strong roots here from generational past. Who's been here yeah. at least twenty years? Some some guys been here twenty years, and they yeah. have seen the transition of this church grown as a generation. Yeah. Even with uh, you know Jade coming forth in his that. calling here, yeah. and so truly a multicultural, multi-dimensional, and a multi.
0: Uh, generational. I love that. I love it. You know, and to, to, to tag onto that, um, something that you just said that, that stood out to me, I, I was describing our church. I was going hiking with a, with a guy who, who ministers up in Denver and he, I was describing Antioch and, and I, I couldn't help but think like one of our primary characteristics is that we're a learning church. You know, I, I, I love that we don't claim to have it all and we don't claim to know it all. And we don't claim to do it all. You know, we claim to be a organic fellowship, a body of believers, a family who is learning together. You know, we're growing together. We're growing stronger every day. And, and I feel like that humility like really sets us up for success and it sets us up for something special, you know, in the city. Did you have something? Yeah. Um, and Sarah, we'll get to you on
5: humility. Um, Pastor Jade is such a humble person, and with the equipping and the sending, he, we really do hold everybody with open arms. And just a story for you guys, um, there is a, a pillar of a family in this church that felt like the Lord is calling them to plant a church here in the city. And um, can I be real? Do I have permission to be Damn real? Do it. Okay. Um, there are a lot of Western churches where the leadership would be like, you're not going to plant close to our church, are you? And you're not going to take people away from our congregation, are you? I mean, there's—I mean, that's just real. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, and I pray that that changes. But what was so encouraging to me is what Pastor Jay did when they came to him and said, hey, I feel like I need to plant a church here. What he said is, okay, cool. Let me send you with the most influential and, and well-established financially families. And let me send you, and let's equip you, and let's send you out, and let's do that. So it's not, hey, you're not going to take our people. It's like, hey, let me send you the most influential families and awesome. send them with you and that is so rare it um is. and it's the the church of Colorado Springs needs that and that comes from that humility you mentioned. That's beautiful. That's
3: beautiful, Sarah. Um, and so, what I, I would add to that is that our church is responsive. Our leadership is responsive. That when God speaks, when whatever He's doing, it doesn't matter if anyone else in the city or in the world is doing what they're doing. If God, if God is speaking, it, if He is speaking in the Word or through the Holy Spirit, we respond. And, and it's not just obedience. It's like it's a heart of Father. I I love you. We love you. Okay. I don't I don't care if this is uncomfortable. Let's do this. We trust you. And I think yeah. that's one of the most amazing things about our church is whatever God is saying, we're, we're willing to respond. And that yeah. I think is maybe one of the best qualities of our church.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Willingness, man. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's move on. And I want to know how have you been formed by Antioch church? Ooh. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm, uh, um, I have definitely been formed and changed in this body. I would say that part of it has to do with the people that I have the privilege of hanging around. Um, there are some amazing people in this congregation, which people have hit on. I love um, seeing the bonds behave as a family. I love that Lauren Kunkel is always willing to call and say, how can, you ha- how can I help, you know, with kids and foster kids. Mama Carmen, if it's my kid, if it's a foster kid, she'll grab them and love on them. Um, I just love, love, love the people here. Um, another way is through the words of Pastor Jade and the different speakers who um, they've invited in. Um, I won't forget to tend my garden. I won't forget to see um, problems as opportunities as a believer to bring the kingdom of God in. Um, I won't forget in difficult situations to look at the, what um, is absolute, what is true, and instead of what is wavering. Um, so definitely through the people and through the words that are coming through this church, I have been changed and formed. Wow. I Your synopsis
0: it. just like changed my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that is good. Awesome, Chris. Did you want to go next, man? How how has Antioch formed you? How's it shaped you?
2: Well, I can't really say how it's formed me, but I can say how it's forming me because yeah, you know it's a continual thing, and and you know, and you know, it's it's funny because the culture here is just is so great. Um, it's invitational, relational, and you know, and it's formed me to be a better person you know I mean as cliche as that is but it really is it's it's challenging me to be a better man Mm. it's challenging me to be a better husband I mean um you know I'm only human I make mistakes a lot of them you know my wife is like what (laughs) he's perfect you know no way he don't make mistakes (laughs) no but uh but, you know, I make a lot of mistakes, but, you know, I can get together with the men here and, you know, and find out like, oh, really, you made the same mistake, too? I'm not the only one, you know. Oh, the, man. You know, oh, really? You, you went through this, too? Okay, yeah. you know, there is hope for me. Okay, all right, good, oh, yeah. good. You know, you know, I, you know, just talk to just different people in, in the body and just realize that you're not alone, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and, and not only that, but encouraging me to keep on going and to keep on yeah. moving. Hey, you need some prayer. We're going to pray for you. They're not afraid to pray for you. Oh, stop we the room to pray right now. Oh, you mean yeah. you're not going to say you're going to pray for me and then right. like forget about it later on? Yeah, no, no, way. we're going to pray yeah. right now. You know. I love okay. That. So, so you know, so you know, it's yeah. it's for me to be a better you know husband, better man. It's for me to be a better prayer warrior, you know, which awesome. I never really thought that yeah. I was a prayer warrior, you know. But it's it's for me to be that. It's for me to hear from God a little bit more and challenge me to to uh, to speak out on what I hear from God. Mm. Um, even though it may not be the way that I was raised, that it should be, you know, yay, 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 you know, thus saith the Lord and things. But <laughs> just hearing what God says mm-hmm. and just saying this is what I'm feeling, and it's and it's, there's a, a culture of of encouraging that yeah. and mm-hmm. saying, yeah, t- tell us, come on, and even calling you out sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff so, like right. that, which is, which, all in all, what I'm trying to say is just informing me. It's just forming me to be a better listener to the things of God, um, a better husband, a better man, um, and just better overall. That's you know, it. Just I those think. things. Just those things. That's <laughs> yeah. it.
0: Just, okay, we'll work just on it, a little bit. guys. That's I a work challenge. On a little bit challenge more me. He
2: said forming yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. Just for me. For yeah. me. Exactly for that's me, not for
0: him. So maybe steps. Oh, more, more, awesome. more in the future. Right. Thanks so much, Chris. That's so cool. Sarah, you want to go?
3: Yeah, I wanted uh, very similar to Chris. I think the way in which this family has um, informed me, informed us, is by being exactly that: is being a family. Um, Ross and I both come from. We don't come from homes that have a tradition of following the Lord, you know, and so. So um, it has been such a gift in our life when we've gone through things um, where the women have been mothers, like whether it's a hug and it's a cry on the shoulder or it's a like get up and keep going, like be a warrior, you've got this, you know, or brothers in the house that um, I'm in the marketplace as a woman that are saying, you've got this, like encouraging me to do it. They aren't saying limit like here are your limits, like go higher. There's more for you, there's more. Um, I can say, with sisters to laugh, to cry, to share, and it's amazing just the there's so much that we can have that's spiritual, that spiritually forms us, but there's so much power in relational formation with people that I, you know, I swear a hug has done more for me than a, a, like, you know, Pastor Jade some days, and that's totally fine, you know, and um, so I would... I just, sometimes I think we, I know in my heart, you know, we sometimes think, oh, we're supposed to be a family or we're supposed to be communal and just to be able to see. And even this was a real exercise in my heart to say, oh my gosh, yes, over the last seven years, this has been family I've never had. And that's just really been incredibly powerful in my life and our life. That's awesome.
4: Awesome. I will say uh, one word and that word would be stretched. (laughs) I mean, here at Antioch, you're going to get stretched, whether it's relational and in a good sense, in every way, in a good sense, uh, whether it's spiritually. uh, But being stretched, you know, into your calling, like uh, I heard Chris said, you, you encourage, whether than, you know, just being shut down, but you're encouraged to walk out, you know, your calling, your election and so stretching those boundaries, you know, form us into uh, the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
4: Awesome. Um, I can
5: kind of, I mean, there's, how much time do we got, you know? <laughs> one minute. <laughs> one. Okay. Also stretched.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't know. I got totally. stretched. Okay, Ditto. fine. Yeah.
5: No, I, I, can, I can share one story. Um, in 2007, when I first got here, uh, Pastor Jade was the leader of Generation Church, and they they really kind of brought mission a missions culture to Freedom Church, now Antioch. Um, so I was like, oh, well, I'll go on a missions trip to Egypt. Sweet. Um, so from from not having any t- teaching on God's global heart for the world, I went on missions, and then I found God's global heart for the world. And I'm like, wow. Um, Pastor Jade mentions it a lot whenever he talks about missions you realize God doesn't just love America, he loves the world. So I really caught that. I was like, yeah, he does. Um, and can I get a show of hands? How many of you guys have been on missions, whether with Antioch or not?
1: Wow. Okay, so this, this that's country.
5: awesome. Wow. That's pretty, wow. um, yes, yes, Lord. Uh, we, there will be more trips that you guys can go on. Nice. It's a plug for AGM. Um, <laughs> what, so something that happens to you when you're overseas and you're in a non-English speaking world, this thought comes into your head almost every day. Man, if only I spoke their language and related to their culture, right? How I many you guys have thought that overseas? Yeah. Like, man, if only I spoke their language better and related to their culture. And then the Lord said, you know, you're going back to America where you speak their language and relate to their culture. Right. It's like, oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so through Antioch, I've, I've developed a missions mindset here that I am a long-term missionary in Colorado Springs yeah. Yeah. and that, That's so cool. that just shifts yeah. your mind from I'm just living day to day and I'm just doing me yeah. to God has planted me here and I am a long-term missionary in Colorado Springs yeah. and now every day has purpose, every day has mission, every day has value. Mm. Um, long-term missionaries seem to get the importance of every day more than people just living day to day and I got that revelation through Antioch and Antioch Global Missions.
1: Oh, awesome. I well, would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I was—I've grown up in a missional—like, my family was into missions, you know. My parents were at-home missionaries. I was in YWAM a couple years, did overseas missions. Um, But coming back to Antioch, words came out of this church about Um, your city being the new frontier of missions. And that's kind of flipped a switch in me, um, along with seeing problems as opportunities. When I'm walking through the city and I'm seeing things going on, for us, it's foster care. You know, this is a problem in our city. There's a lot of kids who need families. So you can have this missional mindset of not just... um, get through my day, love Jesus, have my quiet time, um, call somebody and say, Jesus loves you, but um, to really see those problems going on in our city with a missional mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I'd also like to say, just in in 10 seconds, we are not officially plugging Story Coffee here, Jesse and I. It just happens to be we have these mugs. Okay. <laughs>
5: All right.
0: Um, but local business, the church supports local
1: business yeah. to grow our communities. Yeah. Missional, Missional.
0: Um, so la- last question uh, that I want to ask is, where do you see Antioch's future? And I'm, I'm thinking 10 years, even 30 years from now, where do you see the, the culture of Antioch? Where, what are some dreams that are in your heart for the future of Antioch? A building. <laughs> Wait a second. You guys, you guys want a building? This is totally. Oh, I felt okay. the spirit on that I one. I had now no idea. Yeah, okay, yeah, just, sure, yeah. done. Okay,
2: <laughs> just get some music going or something. <laughs> um, well, you know, let me say here. You know, I have three kids, and um, my oldest has just now started GC. And let me tell you, GC, right? And let me tell you, he was so excited. I mean, this dude has been wanting to go through GC like for a year before he could get in there. And he was so excited his first day. I didn't tell him it was like, you think it was his birthday party or something like that. I mean, I didn't tell him. And you know, we kind of kept it all secret and everything. And I just pulled up to the church. He's like, what are we doing here in Mount Q, you know? Get out. And he's like, GC, you know, he's That's all excited awesome. and everything. So, which speaks volumes to with the church um, and, and what they're doing here. But you know, and I'm getting to the 10 years, 25. That's I, I promise. I but you know, and he, he's he's so excited about this thing that he has my other two. They're like, oh, that's so unfair, you know. I can't wait till I get to GC, and nice. you know, they're ready to go now, you know. So <laughs> I keep telling great. them, you got to be patient, you know. You got to be patient and grow, you know. You get there. But um, what I what I hope to see as far as this culture goes is just it's to continue and go deeper, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that was talked about today, you know, a place where my kids can worship unrestricted, yeah. where they, it's it's. It's not something where we have to teach to serve or preach to serve or try to get you to serve. It's in the culture where they're just wanting to serve, you know, wanting to serve the body, wanting to serve Christ, just wanting to serve wherever. What can I do to serve, you know, and and be encouraged to do that? You know, so that's mainly what I want from them, a place unrestricted as far as their worship, as far as their serving and just knowing that they're going to grow through serving and and they're going to grow um, through the teaching of truth, you know, and then yeah. not be watered down, you know. Right. So that's what I want, you know, from them in, in ten years and so twenty four years. And we're anti octomy So I yeah. love it. I love it.
3: Um yeah, I'll piggyback off of the kid bit. Um but I guess I think it's great that we even look at our kids and we say there's going to be 30 years. There's going right. to be a church in 30 years. You're going to yeah. be here, and there's a purpose and a plan for you. And um, for for me, for my children, for us in the next 30 years, that we would continue to do God's will in the city, that we see impact, that we see things change and move yeah. in complete alignment with the Holy Spirit has and what Christ has for our church. Um, I would also say that in as my kids grow up, that they would be in a body where Christianity just, it isn't social security. Well, that didn't come out right. S- Social security, I don't know, social security for them, Mm -hmm. like a safe, like, yes, a safe place, but not just a place in which, okay, this is where I fit, and it's my bubble and whatnot, but that they see real lives, that Christ becomes real, that he is real to them when they're out, and wherever they go, wherever they're led, led. and that he sees that through the people that are here, that he sees us in our lives as parents, and that they're... um, the people that they're around, like, oh my gosh, Christ is real. He's not just a thing we talk about. He's not just a thing we say. You know, this is, I see it every single day impacting it and walking out in the people around me. And I would hope in 30 years that we grow, but that, and this doesn't sound awful, but that we stay exactly the same in the sense of our hearts. Mm -hmm. Our hearts would stay the same, that we wouldn't change, that things wouldn't allow us to be different just because of pressures put on us by whatever. Um, So,
0: yeah. I love it. I love it. Let me just tag on like both the things you're saying. It makes me think there, there used to be this phrase that we said, and I, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was something along the lines of like, they won't know if you don't teach them. So, for instance, like, they won't know that it's they should feel uncomfortable worshiping extravagantly and all their with all their heart if you don't teach them that. You know, growing growing up in an environment like this, I love that. I love seeing a generation growing up that they don't know that they should be, like, uncomfortable worshiping or something. Or, like, my daughter all the the time, yeah, it's the norm. And my daughter all the time, like, Caitlin's stomach will be hurting. And River's like, well, why don't we ask Jesus to heal her? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. You know, it's like just, it's like common sense to her because she's growing up in Antioch, you know. It's like, well, let's just pray, you know. So I love that. I love that. Someone else. I think uh, some of us were talking earlier, like, where do I see
5: Antioch in the next, you know, 30 years? I think just the fact that we have confidence that Antioch will be here in 30 years kind of speaks to what kind of church this is. We're not building on celebrity speakers and celebrity worship leaders. Um, You know, we're we're building on the core foundations of the kingdom. And like what we've been doing the past several years is like building an iceberg where you see like the top 10% is, you know, the speaking and 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 the worship. And, you know, the the brunches that we do. But really, there's 90% underneath. That's all kingdom, all equipping. It's all foundational. Um, so if the entire staff, you know, got swapped, the people here carry the heart of Antioch. I love it. And so nothing's going to change. It's not going to... Antioch's not going anywhere yeah.
0: you know it's here to that stay that's great well I want to leave I want to leave room here uh, for Pastor Jade and Sidron to come up but man guys this was just excellent it was so good to hear how we're celebrating how we're being formed by Antioch and I love it can we give our panel a hand thank you so much awesome just welcome awesome awesome happy just kidding not yet not yet
6: Let's give them one more hand. Well, hello, Antioch. All right, now, come on. I get the opportunity to interview our pastor here.
7: I got some tough questions, too. You ready? I always get a little nervous when I hear that laugh right there.
6: Oh, we can go somewhere with it, I tell you what, what an what a awesome uh, announcement of how this body is has grown into, I mean some of the words, I mean we had the Dr. Chris over there you know with his dissertation. He said, we're not a bench warming church. That means everybody put their hands to the plow. Everybody is moving forward as one. I love that. And I tell you, I wrote down so many notes and uh, stretched mm. Bernard over there. I tell you what, I've been stretched. But well, my question to you, sir, how do you feel about these past conversations here? And what's your thoughts upon them? That's,
7: good. That's a good question. Uh, <clears throat> I am, I'm overwhelmed, really, in a lot of ways. Uh, you may not have heard Christy mention this uh, during the transition, but six years ago, we really, we really hit some pretty shaky times in terms of us as a people and as a church or an organization. And just behind the scenes, we, we really did not know if we were going to make it. And uh, the doors were this close from being closed. And to see where we are at now and to understand that we're just beginning, we really are just beginning. I feel like the conversations the past three Sundays and uh, this particular panel, the one last week, it, it's indicative of a deeper work that God's doing inside of us. It's, it's almost like an external expression, a window of things that are happening uh, in the deeper level of our hearts and our minds and it's almost as we get to look at multiple conversations, we have an idea of something bigger that God's doing in this people. And I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm just, I love it.
6: I love it too. I mean, you can ask each and every one of us something different. I mean, something about this house, and they would say something different. But I see a thread in, in the conversations is that we are a family.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: I've never been to a ministry where I felt like we are a family. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of it. You know, I'm proud of it. I, I've been changed in this ministry. Uh, I'm not as mean as I used to be.
7: <laughs> you, you smile a lot more.
6: And I pick up my eyebrows. You pick it, up your eyebrows? It makes my face That's smile.
7: Right. So,
6: <laughs> I love it. My wife can tell you that. <laughs> she said, you're right. Pick them up a little bit more. <laughs> I'm as high as I can go. What are some of the things that you are proud about this mm. ministry and, and, and what we have become and what we're becoming and where mm. we're going?
7: Mm. Well, I, I don't want to run this too far into the ground, but I, I remember probably into our, up until our, about our fourth year, so this being year six, up until our fourth year of leading the congregation, still feeling disconnected somewhat internally. And what I mean by that is preaching certain things and declaring certain things and prophesying certain things, particularly on the relational level, and yet in my heart feeling still very disconnected from from the relational fabric of the house. And I'm reminded of when Matt Copper mentioned at the men's retreat, we've been here for 10 years, but it was only in the past two years that we could say that we feel like this is family. And I don't know what it is exactly, but something really has clicked over. And I'm reminded of when John Alley was here a couple of years ago, and he talked about the spirit of holy community. And we prayed for the spirit of holy community to where we could almost have all of the right ingredients in place, and yet that, that thing that makes a bunch of foreign people truly one was missing, and it's here at least in measure. And so the relational fabric that we are experiencing is one of the things I'm, I'm deeply proud about. Um, this past year or the past year and a half, uh, Dan has taken the helm at really leading a deeper understanding of what it means to serve as ministers. And so I'm thinking about what's happening here every morning, uh, 9 a.m., our ministry crew gets together. Four times a year, our ministry crew gets together. And I'm really proud about how we're serving. Um, I think it is a little uncharacteristic, the, the, the ratio of people that are in this size of a congregation who are serving. Typically, you hear the 80-20, and, and, and in some ways, it's more like a 90-10, the larger the church is, but we have a high number of people uh, that are bought in through their worship of God in serving and administering with their gifts and their time and their talents, and I'm really, really proud about that. I'm sure some of you guys have heard years ago when I first came, actually, it was before I was here, but it was still the same people. There would be people the mindset was, I pray I don't serve. That's what I do. I pray, but I don't serve. And that is not the ethos of this family. That's not the ethos of this people. We are all the people who who dive in. Uh, I, I am very, very proud of the level of diversity that we have, although I'm not satisfied. Um, and again, I love that multicultural, multidimensional, multigenerational that Bernard so concisely uh, communicated. And I'm seeing that more and more. Uh, you can ask Christy, years ago, one of the things that I would I would kind of, spout off and pray is that I wanted to be a part of a multicultural family. Uh, that's, that's, that's very, very important to me. I feel it's very, very important to God. And to see that grow uh, is, is um, I'm very proud of. And the last thing is um, I'm proud of the, the level of leaders that are being raised up, not just in the house. But uh, with the ventures, the kingdom ventures that are happening outside of the house, I'm, I think about you. I think about so many people that have uh, kind of clipped the sails and, are, and are, are, are launching out into kingdom ventures and kingdom businesses. And um, you and Bernard and Jonathan and, 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 and Dan and so many others speaking and growing in such a level of maturity. And we're going to see more and more of that. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about that.
6: I tell you one thing that I'm proud about is how many men we have serving in the house. I
7: agree. Because I totally we go, agree.
6: We go to so many houses and the ladies are taking the load of the house and you can feel that. But when you have the men serving, mm-hmm. that does something to the heart right there. That's true. Can I get an amen men? Yes. Are there any men in here?
7: You know, so drawn to that point, you know, we had we had 45 men at our at our men's retreat last week, and that was with very minimal recruitment and marketing. And uh, Jeff and I and Mike and I had a debrief this past week, and we really feel like we're we're, we're kind of envisioning the next benchmark, 2017. We're going to see 100 men right. gather together and be equipped and be empowered and be challenged and changed and sharpened, and uh, and I just think that we're we're going to we're going to see that touch the fabric of our families, our marriages, our children are going to feel that, our city's going to feel that, and uh, I'm really excited about that.
6: I tell you what. You're showing us things that are to come, which is exciting. When you look at vision, when you look at this house, where we're going, what's on the horizon?
7: What can we be prepared for? How much time do we have again? (laughs) Um, I'll I'll do a a conceptual summary and then uh, we'll we'll talk about some real practical things. So uh, I envision deeper rootedness. I think we're, we're just, again, breaking the the ground on what it means to be a rooted people, rooted in God, rooted in truth, rooted in the historicity of the church, um, rooted in the fact that, uh, you know, these things that God is doing in us, this is not new, but that, you know, God's been involved in shaping and forming a people for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I think as we reach backwards, we're going to find some treasures that are old, and we can marry those with some prophetic treasures that are new, and it's going to create a more rooted people. Uh, number two, a broader reach. Um, for as excited as I am as what things uh, things that are happening globally, um, I, I am really, really burdened for our city, and so um, I'm 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 dreaming of seeing uh, what kingdom. Uh, reach looks like here for Colorado Springs. Um, that being said, I also see further vision, and uh, you guys may have heard me mention this before. But um, I recall a conversation between two pastors where one pastor asked the other, and he said, "How do you feel about the future of the church?" And the other guy said, "I feel really good about the next 500 years." And um, and again, that might mess with people's eschatology, but I think we should we should set that aside and we should say we should really be people that that plan on having long standing influence for the kingdom in a place and around the world for a really long time And uh, and, and the next thing would be just intentional formation. So deeper rootedness, broader reach, further vision, and more intentional formation. So we can be formed haphazardly, or we can be formed strategically. And I feel like the Lord is saying, I want to form some things in this people on a more intentional and and strategic level. So what does that look like practically? Um, Many of the church may not know this, but there's been uh, four couples that have been meeting now for almost a year and walking through an eldership formation process and uh, I'm really excited in 2017 to actually have a church government and uh, to have what we call a plurality of leadership to be able to shoulder and carry the load of hearing what God is saying and guiding the direction of the ship together um, synonymous or not not synonymous but 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 co-related to church government or eldership would be church membership and that is yet to be formed, but I think something's gonna happen into this house when we have an established government and we also have an established commitment and the spirit of commitment in the people. I think it's gonna do something even deeper into who we are as a people. Um, again, practically intangibly reaching out more and, uh, and seeing more multiplication. I think, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's men's prayer or life groups or women's groups or men's groups or kingdom ventures in the house or outside the house, uh, I really dream about seeing what God is doing in in Antioch multiply and multiply and multiply over and over again.
6: I like the part that you say we want to reach out more, reach Mm -hmm. out more. And I believe it was Sarah who said that we are responsive ministry, mm. one that is responsive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know a few weeks ago you went to Swaziland mm. and I was watching the Olympics and I saw Swaziland. Somebody from Swaziland was in the Olympics running and I thought that
7: was awesome.
6: Tell us a little bit about your trip and yeah. what's on the horizon. What's new with Swaziland?
7: Well, that's, I appreciate you leading into that. Um, we actually have a couple of slides that we're going to show. I know a number of people have been Um, excited about hearing a report from Swaziland. I appreciate your patience uh, and your grace. We were just really trying to find the right time to to share the story. Uh, A little bit of context here. I met a pastor here in our city. Uh, His name is Mike Worley. He was actually the pastor who came and shared about uh, foster care and the foster care initiative that he's doing, he shared with us in our last AC celebration last year. And uh, about April, he was talking with me because he knew that Antioch has a heart for the nations. And he said, I've been connected with an organization here locally called Children's Hope Chest. And Children's Hope Chest does uh, long-term community-to-community sustainable development around the world. And, uh, and then he said something that really interested me. He said, they will actually pay for a senior pastor to go and do what they call a vision trip. If you'll just take care of uh, getting yourself there in terms of transportation, they'll take care of all of your ground costs and they'll walk you through uh, what it is that they do. And uh, And I said, Christy, what do you think about this? We were already praying about what was next for AGM. And she said, I, I think you should do it. So the mission of Children's Hope Chest, we can look here at slide two. I'm not sure if it'll be visible for us. Okay, it's it's, it's not on there. Um, but their heart really is to bring transformational, holistic, sustainable, and long-term change Uh, by partnering communities up one with another. Uh, If you could read that, it says, Children's Hope Chest exists to glorify God by releasing the potential of orphaned and vulnerable children and their communities through partnerships that cultivate holistic transformation and sustainability. Uh, The next slide here, Children's Hope Chest develops highly relational community-to-community partnerships between Christian communities in North America and communities of orphaned and vulnerable children. Uh, and they do that very simply with a three-phase strategic approach to how they do development that survive, thrive, and succeed. And so, Children's Hope Chest will come in and uh, they'll develop relationship on ground in in the countries that they're in, and they'll develop a relationship with a a, 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 a community. And that community will walk through a criterion. And that criterion is something that it's it's a vetting process to see whether or not they they will be a good potential partner for North American churches. And um, so they find these people that are in vulnerable conditions And they say, number one, we're gonna get you to a place of surviving. We're gonna make sure that your basic needs, such as food, water, shelter, clothing, healthcare, uh, become first priority. After we make sure that uh, our partnership with you brings you through a a phase of surviving, we're gonna help you thrive. We're gonna help uh, develop initiatives. We're gonna help uh, bring education to you. We're gonna help uh, develop agriculture so that you move to a place where you're not just a broken and vulnerable community, and you're not just in a survival place, but you're actually in a place where you're thriving. And they've seen this happen in different communities. And then the final phase here is, is, is succeed. And uh, what does success look like? Success looks like when a community does, no, does not any longer need the help of another community overseas. And uh, that looks like higher-level training, job skills, actually funding people to go and get vocational training. Agricultural development is, is functioning high. Uh, spiritual uh, discipleship is taking place. So uh, that's, that's their three-phase approach. And the cool thing about this is that we were able actually to see about nine different communities out of the 38 that are in Swaziland. We visited nine of those communities. And uh, we saw some communities that were absolutely untouched, So they were in the most primitive, in the most vulnerable conditions. We saw communities in the survive phase, in the thrive phase, and we saw communities very close to the succeed phase as well. And that was was really neat. Um, One of the things that's really significant about who Children's Hope Chest is and the ministry philosophy that they take is they take what they call an ABCD approach, asset-based community development. Um, And so when they come to a community, they don't ask the question, what is your greatest need? They say, what do you have that can be developed and multiplied and how can we come alongside of the innate resources, both in terms of human personnel and in terms of the land and in terms of the livestock that you already have at your disposal that uh, we could get together, we could pray, we can hear God's voice and we can be creative to, to to do what the Great Commission and to do what the Dominion Commission command us to do, to tend and to multiply. Uh, CHC works in about uh, eight different countries, Russia, Swaziland, Ethiopia, Uganda, Guatemala, Moldova, India. And uh, after this visit that I had with Pastor Mike Worley, I went home and I pulled up Children's Hope Chest, and there were two places that just jumped out at me, and they gripped me, probably because I didn't know much about them. I didn't know much about Moldova, so I, I drilled down to find out what they were doing in Moldova, where it was at, and then I looked a little bit deeper into Swaziland. Something really interesting took place as I began interfacing with the uh, the, the, church, the church partners director there. Uh, he sent me an article about the, the national state of where Swaziland is at. Uh, I didn't realize that they were, they've been in the past two years in a state of agricultural drought. And I also didn't understand that about half of the population had been decimated by the HIV-AIDS crisis. And we actually, in the eight care points that Dan and I went to, uh, they call them child child-headed families, which means that uh, many of the families and homes that are there are actually led by eight, nine, and 10 and 11 year old kids because their families have been wiped out or their parents have been wiped out. And, uh, but in Swaziland, it's a monarchy. And so families are actually uh, granted land so they don't have traditional foster care orphanage systems because they want the children there to maintain the plot of land that's been designated by the king to their families. So they would rather keep a child or, the, or those children, even though they're young, uh, in their home so they maintain that land as opposed to ripping them out of that. And that's why the care points and the community to community partnership is so important. Um, we've walked through a pretty extensive process, uh, not only the vision trip, not only having multiple conversations with various levels of staff at at Children's Hope Chest, but we also brought this to uh, our level of um, uh, emerging elders. And um, something that's that's new for me is being a visionary leader and, and being a guy who's worked primarily with our staff for the past six years. I've been able to uh, catch the vision of God and say, this is where we're going to go. And the elders become a good break and a good governing system for me. In fact, one of our elders said, so tell us what you want us to do. Do you want us to just agree with where you're going? Or do you want us to actually kind of run this through a process so that we make sure that this is what God is asking all of us to do? And uh, and naturally I said, no, that, that right there, that's that's what I want. And so for about two hours, our elders got together and they just they just drilled uh, the, the organization. We, we had one of the, uh, the higher-level staff members get on the phone. Our elders asked him multiple questions. We looked at the website together. We prayed, and we feel like this is a significant step towards strategic and sustainable long-term development in our missions uh, ministry and missions philosophy that God has us doing. Uh, what that's going to look like, very simply, is for us, uh, there's going to be three commitments that we're going to make. number one, uh, we're going to commit to do a a child sponsorship, uh, much like compassion, but um, it's it's less it's less segregated, it's more aggregate. So we as a church are going to agree to sponsor children, particularly in that care care point. Um, which leads me to a really neat story here. Um, out of the eight to nine care points that Dan and I visited. Um, there was, there was a number of care points that had been started by churches, and particularly churches in Colorado Springs, and uh, for whatever reason, new pastors come along, and they don't have the same vision for, for that, and so they, they pull their church out of that partnership. So we got to see care points that were established by churches, and, and kids were thriving and warm and excited about you know what Children's Hope Chest represents and what the gospel of the kingdom represents. We also got to go to a place that no other pastor and no other team has ever been. And it's about two hours away from the base. Most of the care points that we visited were in about a 30 to 40 mile circumference from the base. This was about an hour and a half to two hours up into the high point of the entire nation. We went up into the mountains and it looked very reminiscent of Colorado. And uh, as we went up there, we found we found a mother and a mother who uh, was, was just doggedly persistent and perseverant to uh, bring her uh, application to Children's Hope Chest. There's a hundred care points that are on the waiting list. A hundred care points. Eight of those are ready for adoption immediately. And she was one of those because month week after week for months, she would come and say, you must help us, you must do something for our community. Uh, one of the places that we immediately fell in love with was a place that had, had partnerships and just the people and the children were just, it was hopping. I mean, it was hopping. It was a place called Lesibovu. And uh, as soon as we stepped off, we just immediately connected with one of the shepherds there at that care point, And uh, I said, this is it. This is what we're gonna do. Well, um, the last day of our visit, we went up into this remote area of the mountains where there's just nothing but about just acres and acres and acres of land, uh, a small 10 by 10 cinder block building, and a a mom and some elders of that community that are saying, we're going to make sure that our children here live. And uh, I came back and I shared this with Christy and I said, I I want you to pray with me about where we're supposed to go. And she she said, well, you've been there, I haven't. And uh, I think that we should just go with whatever's in your gut. So I explained these different places, particularly these two. And Christy said, let me ask you something, Jade. She said, uh, that place that you initially went to was just so full of life and just so full of uh, vibrancy. She said, do you, do you feel like they would have a hard time being, being sponsored by a church in the States? And I said, absolutely not. In fact, there was another ministry that was traveling with us and they were, we were kind of in this bidding war almost. Like they were saying, this is the place that we want. Well, they ended up going home the next day and they didn't get to go to, uh, to Echenvogu, which is the place that we went to in the mountains. And she said, tell me about Echen Vovu. Do you feel like that that would have a hard time being being adopted? Uh, it's a longer ride, gravel roads, higher elevation, further out, less, less comfort, less convenience. Uh, closest running water is about a, th- a 30 minute walk one direction to get to uh, the closest uh, water source. She said, do you feel like it would be harder to be adopted there? I said, yes. And she said, then that's where we're supposed to go. She said, that's who we are. That's who Antioch is. We're pioneers, we're, we're forerunners, and we're, we're, we're people that take the high ground, and we're people that uh, are gonna go where nobody else wants to go. And so, uh, that's my wife for you guys. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, hearing about the state of the nation, um, even before we went, something just, something just got inside of me. And I've, I've really not been able to talk about Swaziland without just breaking in some capacity, uh, knowing that it really is literally a fatherless country. And uh, the, the spirit of sonship and the spirit of fathers and mothers that are in this place, I feel like, um, I feel like God's calling us to, uh, to have a longstanding influence uh, with the Swazi people.
6: What an encouragement to see something from the ground all the way up. Not just hitting it, going and visit for a couple of, you know, missions trips, but actually concentrating on one area, sowing into that land, and watching the Lord just build things out of it. Wouldn't that be exciting? Oh, come on. I love it. I love it because even the Bible says that Isaac sold in a land that was desolate it didn't have anything thriving out of it and he saw a hundredfold in that self same year I'm looking to put God to his word that is an awesome thing I love the part that you know this is a fatherless nation these children are raising their families but we can come in and partner with them that's going to be exciting I don't know about you but I'm looking for the long haul it might even make my hair grow I don't know i don't know you
7: know cedron just i I know we're wrapping up but i think the really the thing that just lit our hearts on fire is that this is an organization that asks for at least a five-year commitment Mm. and it's an organization that says you know we want you to engage in the child to child sponsorship but we also want you to bring a team out at least once a year Mm. and you're going to we're not going to go to like numerous care points we're going to go to that one care point and here's the thing that's different from any other model I've seen. They're not going to receive any other missions team from the United States. Wow. They're just going to receive our team. So we are literally entering into a long-standing commitment that says, we're going to help you develop from the ground up. We're going to help you get schools built. We're going to get water wells dug. We're going to get agriculture farmed. We're going to get livestock raised. And we're going to help you become a thriving and successful community in the kingdom. And someday we're going to part ways and we're going to know that there was a small little mountain village of children and people that are now sustainable because we chose to be obedient.
6: I love it. I love it. That is awesome. It seems as if it's not The attention being on us, Mm. but leading them to depend on him. That's right. I tell you, that's awesome. That's good. You're You're going to see this thing come to fruition.
7: Do I feel like, do I sense that you're going to lead that team? Am I I picking that up? Is that, that, do you you feel that coming off of him, babe? Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Leading a team? I tell you what,
6: I'm not a bench warmer. That's right, man. But I'm not going to lead. I tell you that. (laughs) I'll play the
7: game.
6: <laughs> i let somebody else be the point guard. Uh, I'll play awesome. the game. I might oh. shoot a basket or two, on, but... <laughs> that's awesome, that's awesome. Don't put me on a spot like that, Pastor. <laughs> uh. I'm up here sweating, y'all, you <laughs> know.
7: We're gonna talk about this later. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, there's a reason why God's grown this men's ministry. Huh? We got people around the world and need fathers, man. Oh, wow, man, I tell you, mm. there's a lot of fathers in the house. And, yes, there are. You know,
6: I started participating in the children's ministry. Yes, you have. And this has been awesome. Mm. I tell you, these children, they, they latch on to me,
7: mm-hmm.
6: probably because I let them yell and scream and, <laughs> and roar like lions. I love yes, that stuff. Man. I mean, a child should be a child. Let them scream. Mm. Let them have an avenue to worship God in their own way. Even if they are telling you, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's awesome. And and having a man in this house, I tell you, like I said before, just seeing them with the genuineness. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of uh, churches that I've come out out of, the men have been rigid, Mm kind of like my father. Mm -hmm. He didn't say much, but his expression said everything. But these men actually expressed themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know how to cry yet, Tam. I'm going to learn. But uh, these (laughs) men. Come to Swaziland with me. These men cry out for the Lord, and mm-hmm. we love it. I think it's yeah. that military background. You know, you can't let them see you sweat. Y'all remember that commercial? Never let them see you sweat. That's right. But uh, I'm learning, though. I'm having a heart that's been changed by this ministry because mm-hmm. because of the passion that we have for mm-hmm. ministry and seeing God's people, Amen. you know, raised to a, another level. And it's not self-centered, but it's Him-centered. And I love it. I agree with that. that. It's awesome. It Wasn't was that awesome, y'all? Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. But I love it, Sarah. We are a responsive church. Yes, we are. And we are responding to the call and to the calling of the Lord. Mm. And we are continually being formed.
7: Yes, we are. I love it. I do, too. This
6: is growing into something else. So where do you see us in the next 500 years?
7: Oh, the next 500 years. (laughs) Well, you know, all those little kids that we pull around us uh, every week, th- these these are the ones. These are the ones who are going to bring the kingdom into their schools. They're going to shape legislation. These guys are going to be writing books that are going to change the way that people see God and change the way that people see themselves. There's going to be art that comes out of them that's uh, its going to be displayed for the glory of God. Uh, these guys, there's going to be long-term missionaries that come out of this place. I think in 500 years, the seedbed of what God is doing here from generation to generation, um, I think we're going to see kingdom centers that are planted you know, all, all over the world. Um, so our future is bright, um, and I, th- I think we're going to continue to... Um, take treasures that are old, and I think we're going to continue to take them and and, and push the boundaries and just push against the wall of limitations that the enemy and culture said that we're not allowed to to, to go into, and we're going to occupy. Uh, We're going to occupy gracefully. We're going to occupy uh, graciously. We're also going to occupy with the Spirit of God uh, moving upon us, and uh, some of the degradation, the deterioration that we've seen uh, on a cultural standpoint. I think we're going to see the church continue to um, to be the people of God and continue to resist that. Um, you know, not, to, not to get all Dr. King on us, but, you know, our, our children are not going to experience the same level of hatred and pain and racism that we're seeing, you know, ravage our, our, our nation right now. Um, we're, we're, we're going to see that erased. We're going to see that healed. Uh, we're going to see we're going to see a people that understand their sonship and pass that on to their children and their children and uh, some of the, the things the territorialism the independence the consumerism the materialism that has so fragmented the church for for, for decades um, my prayer is that we're not going to see that happen in the church because we're going to we're going to have such a level of security in sons and daughters we're going to purify what the prophetic looks like we're going to have an authentic apostolicity we're going to have a, a church that people um, that God can be proud of, and um, it's going to have that perfect tension and that perfect balance of bringing truth, of reaching in, of restoring people, of reaching out, and uh, and bringing the kingdom of God to the world. Our partner,
6: I agree. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be a member of this church if it, if I was before, I'm joining today. Amen. I appreciate that. I'm a member because <laughs> I like the vision casting. It's mm-hmm. just awesome. And my wife, the last time I was on these couches, she sat next to me. She kind of embarrassed me because she said some, she said some things about, you know, when I first came in, I was like, "You know, I want to see a little bit more black people in here." And she said, "If you build it, there'll come. They will come." And I wasn't saying that from a racial no way. standpoint or anything like that. But she said, if you build it, they will come. And I see that the Lord is building something here. He's building something. And he's going to add to the body. And they're going to come in with just as much passion. It's not going to take long for them to catch on to the fire of God. Amen. And I believe that. Let's just pray into that. Amen. Can we Let's just stand to it. our feet? Let's do it. Let's just stand to our feet and just pray into the things of God here. The passion that's taking place in this ministry. Just focus in your hearts on him because it's not about us. I know we have our sacrifices on the stove, but it's not about us. It's all about him. So, Father, we just thank you for the passion that's in this house, God. We thank you for the vision that's cast forth in this house, Father. The one that is not upon us or what we are doing, but what you are doing through us, Father, Father. We pray for Swaziland, we pray for Antioch, God, that you are awakening us to your call and to your your glory as to what you want us to do, Father. Lord God, I bless this church. I thank you, dear Lord, that the anointing will fall upon us, God, to have a heart after you like never before. God, you're taking us into new territories, God. You're taking us into uncertain areas, but God, we know that even if the ground seems a little shaky and our knees are shaking. God, you will never, never, never be a shaken ground, Father. You are a strong tower. Lord God, you are the rock of our salvation. Lord God, you are the one who causes us to see things like never before, cause us to walk forth in your vision. God, we just thank you, dear Lord. We lift up our hands in the sanctuary today. We give our all unto you, Lord thank God. You, we thank you, dear Lord, hearts that are melted towards you, Father. We thank you that our vision is upon you, God. We thank you, the Lord, that the uncertainty of Swaziland, God, that you are certain, God, that you will prosper that land. We speak unto it now that those children are raising up to be kings and queens in your kingdom, God, that they will lead their families into prosperity, that they will lead their families unto you, knowing you and to coming closer unto you, Father. So, Lord God, we thank you for the passion in this house. We thank you for the vision. We thank you that it's solid, God. We are people that are solid about believing and trusting in the Lord. So, God, we just give your name all the glory. We give you all the praise and we worship you with all that we have within us, God. For truly, it is all about you. It's all about you, Father. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. We bless you.
7: So John, thank you so much for facilitating this conversation, and thank you for what you and your family add to this this family. You guys are such pillars in this house. As as we dismiss, we have a we have a video that you guys helped create. So we want you to see your video, and we also have just a a, a birthday reception. I believe Martha is it out there in our foyer, and so please avail yourself to some cake and coffee. And uh, Antioch, thank you for being who you are, and happy birthday.